Imagine a world without murder. I lost my best friend. I lost my aunt. I lost my dad. I lost my father. I lost my wife. Just six years ago, the homicide rate in this country had reached epidemic proportions. It seemed that only a miracle could stop the bloodshed. But instead of one miracle, we were given three. The precognitives. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Tonight, folks, we have a very special show for you. If this was a Saturday night special, this is the Cheap Seat Reviews version of that. With a very, not intoxicated host, (laughs) but a very pain-filled, drugged-up-with-over-the-counter medicine host. Sean, introduce yourself, buddy. Yeah, so, thanks for that uh, <laughs> wonderful intro. Uh, yes, this is Cheap Seat Reviews, uh, the podcast that explores Hollywood film industry for the greater good, which I think I already said. Um, You're on great, great main peds, right? Yeah, I'm on great main peds. Um, this is episode 262, and tonight we are talking about Minority Report. I am coming off of back surgery uh, two days ago. Yep. Um, <laughs> Which is incredible, by the way, that you're actually doing this. So, so, so yes, yeah, so don't ever say that I that I don't care if if the show <laughs> suffers because of it. I'm sorry. If the show is funnier because of it, I'm sorry because I'm not planning on doing it again to to make the show funnier. Uh, but I don't think it will be. <coughs> Excuse me. This is episode 262, and tonight we're doing Minority Report. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew Never Choke Out Your Plants Jimison. Just people. <laughs> that works, too. Well, yeah, you, were, you were really quick. You, you were really quick on that. Like, like either you knew my, my note was going to be, or you just had a sixth sense that you had a, you had a, a spidey sense. No, was it a Peter Tingle? Peter Tingle. Um, <laughs> I get Peter Tingles a lot, but that's not what that was. Yeah. <laughs> still, still too soon. The, the Band-Aid is still too raw on that one. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, they, they, I know, right? And they've got to get together again, right? Come on. I heard, I, I see it as Disney's fault for trying to do too much of a money grab. Yeah. But golly, Disney, I mean, we want Spider-Man, obviously. Yeah. You know, yep. you've got everybody else, and we also we also go to those movies as well. Just keep Tom Holland's version in our universe. That's all I care about. According to from so. what I've read, I, I haven't introduced you yet, Sam, but according to oh, what sorry. Tom, Tom <laughs> Holland has said is that his version, they're going to keep him. He is going to be Spider-Man going forward. They're just, somehow they're just going to get him out of the MCU. Weird. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, I guess really all, all you have to do is just the, by the fact that at the end of Far From Home, the way that all kind of shook out, you know, there's there's nothing world-saving required. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, no. That yeah. can all, that lends itself to the next couple movies of, of just him hanging out in New York while the rest... Or not. Or, or hiding out. Yeah. So, Somewhere. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the other voice, who was that guy? Well, that's Sam, a puke that's stick... Me. Uh, puke stick seems limited and gross vector. Yes, that's that. Think of the cop car, right? You you puke stick somebody in the cop car, and you got to clean it up. It's nasty. Here's the funny thing, and I have to admit this: I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Um, I I really remember liking this movie a lot. Um, I just haven't had to watch. I just I haven't watched it in a long time, and I remember yeah. 
someone kept was um, it was another podcast I listened to, and they they were talking about this movie, and they kept talking about the puke sticks, and they always <laughs> and he always referred to it as puke stick, and I, all I could think of is it's not a puke stick, it's just uh, it's just like a stun stick that he just happens to get in the throat and makes the guy puke. But then in the movie, he actually calls the, it a sick stick. Yeah. And I, I always thought he was saying something else. And so then I thought, why would you want that? Like, <laughs> that just, why would you want maybe, maybe in the future, it's instead of tasing somebody, maybe it's, it's more efficient to wear them down, making them violently puke <laughs> just. on on themselves or something. I don't know, you know, because it takes a lot of energy to puke. Yeah. It just, Maybe it just wears them down. I don't know. It, <laughs> it just feels like in a world where um, blood-borne pathogens is such a high risk, you wouldn't want liquids to be coming out of people. Yeah. Especially since the, the police are, are going to be sick-sticking or puke-sticking um, people that probably you, you don't want to share their yeah. uh, immune system. And none of them are wearing their PDP. <laughs> or PPP or P -P whatever it's called. Yeah, per Personal protection equipment, PPE. Yeah. PPE. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. I did not pay attention in that bloodborne pathogen straining. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I just, I usually just let it roll and and take the quiz at the end. <clears throat> the uh, the funny thing is, I have to, I used to have to give that that quiz, that test exam, whatever you want to call it, at the theme park where I worked, and. Basically, it boils down to if it's wet and, and not yours, don't touch it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's literally. We would spend an it's hour and a half. It gets. It, it's uh, wet, yeah. And an hour and a half, and then at the end of it, I would just say, "Hey, if it's wet and not yours, don't touch it." Well, and that's you know when you once you have kids too, you know you start to realize what exactly you do or what you would do with liquids. Right. Yeah, but, I, I, I mean, don't know about you guys as dads, but how many times did you catch it in your hand? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we don't want to gross out any listeners, but yeah, I mean, we've 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 all done that as dads. All sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. we gross out listeners every week. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just happy that's that that phase is pretty much gone or pretty yeah. much yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, the point so what, is, what movie did we watch? We, we are doing something called Minority Report. 2002's Minority yeah. Report with your uh, your Tom Cruise yeah. and uh, Max von Sydow, who just sounds like yeah. a bad guy. Um, and the, the devil from Constantine. Yes, the devil is in this movie. Uh, I love yeah. whenever Peter Stormare is in anything. I know, right? He's so he's good. Touched, he's such a, steam, a scene stealer. He is. He's just so weird and, and creepy, and um, <laughs> I just assume that every role he is, he is just the devil, and every yeah. role that he's in, like he's come up, <laughs> like even in Armageddon, because he's like, well, gosh, in Armageddon, I got to make sure I save these guys, because if the Earth dies, there's no one, there's no souls for me to get. Oh, there you go. So you know, what I'm oh, so yeah. that's his motivation. Exactly. I, I like that. Yeah, he is, he's he's always he's just always the devil. <laughs> Even when he did those VW commercials, I'm sure that was he was. <laughs> oh, maybe the maybe the devil has a 401k with uh, with the, that as a base um, business. Yeah, um, Andrew, will you tell us what is? Because um, I just don't know how to read. Can you tell me what Minority <laughs> Report is? Well, I sure will. Thank you. In a future where a special police unit is un, excuse me, is able to arrest murderers before they commit their crimes, an officer from this unit is himself accused of a future murder. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So I guess that whole innocent until proven guilty thing doesn't exist in this universe. No. Well, and according to the movie, that's that was kind of one of the weird things. Right, it's he he gives the ball example, right, where he rolls the ball and the guy catches it, and he said, "Well, you know, would the ball have fallen on the floor?" And hold the on, said, hold on. Yes. You mean you mean this? Uh, this? What? Why'd you catch that? Because it was going to fall. You're certain? Yeah, but it didn't fall. You caught it. The fact that you prevented it from happening doesn't change the fact that it was going to happen. There you go. Right? Yeah. So I mean, they they. It still feels really odd 
in terms of it not quite right, especially when you realize that uh, there's ways to get around this. Yeah. Um, but uh, but in another sense, gosh darn it, they they did pretty well with the uh, crime rate around DC. So I don't know. What, what do you guys think? In terms of the idea of being able to catch criminals before it happens, even if, you know, um, how can I say it? Even if uh, it hasn't happened yet. There's, I'll, I'll let Andrew go in just a second. There, there's, um, I, I can't not. remember the actual quote, but there's a quote where it's like, if you are willing to give up a little freedom for, ooh, that was weird, I, a little freedom. What is happening? My, my microphone's freaking out. Weird. Are you hearing All that? I hear, I hear a clicky sound, but not. Make sure it's not my phone. Weird. Uh, okay, that was strange. Uh, basically, it's like <laughs> if, um, like if you're willing to trade up a little bit of freedom for security, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have that security. I can't remember the quote. I'm sure people that are smarter than me and more cognizant than I am right now know it, but. Um, so, like, this movie, this whole movie just kind of reminds me of, like, we've gotten to a point where crime has gotten so bad that we are willing to give up some individual freedoms in order for safety, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, the movie Winter Soldier deals with that in the Captain America universe. Yeah. Um, like, to the point that we're willing to let these little spider things invade our homes and, and retinal scan us without a warrant, Right, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a warrantless see, uh, search of our property and our person to and to ident- identify you, and they and but people are okay with this. That's just where that's where they are. So I, I feel like to, back to your point, Sam, or your question mm-hmm. of one: Do I like the idea? I love the idea for a movie and a novel. This is a Philip K. Dick novel, short story. Mm-hmm. Um, Same guy who did Man in High Castle and Blade right? Runner and Blade Runner, yeah. And dreaming of oh, was that no that's dreaming of electric sheep do, or something. Do right? robots dream of electric sheep? Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, so I, so I actually really like this idea of yeah. this, this this predestination idea that you're gonna do the thing that you're gonna do and there's nothing you can do about it until the movie challenges that notion. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. That's just kind of where I am with it. It's that I, I love the idea. I love the concept. I love the what it makes you think about. You know, the all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, it's... Well, and, and, and not only that, it kind of harkens back. When, when, when was this movie made again? O2. It was, uh, O2. Yeah. When was the Patriot Act? Um, it would have been real close Kind of to a that. big deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's kind of in that same maybe. vein, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I can't remember. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, there was a big deal about um, you know, how much are we going to allow the government to take away from from us in terms of of our freedoms and freedom of basically privacy um to keep ourselves safe. Mhm. And this movie kind of shows a little bit of the danger of that, <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, Andrew, did you have any uh, kind of thing you wanted to expand on from what Sam's question was, which I've already forgotten what the question was, but it's fine. Yeah, I, I did too, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was, it was okay along the line. Being okay with the idea of giving up some freedom. Uh, Actually, I think Sam just simply asked, are we okay with the concept of the movie? <laughs> I think I took it oh. to the next level. No, about, yeah. no, I, I was, I'm, I, you guys are right. Um, I was more along the lines of talking about, does this movie imitate life? Uh, yeah. You know, is, it, is this something that we should be, you know, is this a warning sign? Is this a Spielbergian, you know, basically telling us through, uh, through this movie you know, be careful what you wish for. You might just get it type of thing. Well, you know, I, honestly, I, as I was watching this, I started thinking about our society today. And, you know, there are facial scanners on everybody's phone pretty much. Yep. 
um, there are listening devices. Uh, so, so people think they're worth say, and maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Well, and it's so weird. It's like you, you say something and, and all of a sudden you get an ad on Facebook for it. Yeah. You know, I'm really hungry for sausage. Yeah. And the next day, you know, here's Some sausage. Smithfield sausage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, now you got me thinking about sausage. <laughs> I did have chili for dinner and it was really good. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, as I watched, I just I thought about our society today and we're not far. I mean, I don't, will we ever be able to predict? No, I don't think so. But, um, I mean that, that part of the story is, is pretty far fetched and, and out there, but, but as far as our privacy and uh, it's, there's not a lot left to be honest. I don't think. Yeah. Especially from corporate interest. Yeah. There's, um, which is scary. But then this is, I don't know. This is I'm trying to think of what I was just watching, talking about corporate. Oh, like uh, the boys. Mm-hmm. How um, corporate interest and state interest um, can sometimes be maligned in terms of it might look like the best deal, but it certainly is not going to be. So the government or the corporate gaining information on us, you know, how much can they give up on us too, in terms of of information you know it's the idea of of can um can uh apple uh break a phone for the government right and luckily you know apple is fighting tooth and nail from from being forced to do so but it's also meaning that there's some criminals that use apple products because they know that Mm -hmm. yeah um Okay. That, it's, it's just interesting to me. No, it is. It is an interesting thing, um, concept. And the, the next part I, I want to talk about simply is, does the movie hold up? It's a seventeen. <laughs> Parts. It's, it's a 17-year-old movie. Yep. And, and um, I probably haven't seen it in 10-plus years. Have either one of you seen it before? I, I didn't ask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I think I saw it in the theater. Okay. And... When the first time I saw it, I thought, "Man, this is this is really high tech. I mean, this is yeah. this is uh, the latest technology uh, in movie making." And at the time, I, I guess it was. But looking at some of the CGI now, it's not really. Yeah, there's some uh, stuff that doesn't quite. I mean, the it, wire work with the jetpacks. The jetpacks yeah. were my biggest complaint in the whole movie. Yeah, that was very. I I didn't. I don't care that it was wire work. I appreciate that they didn't do rubbery CGI because that's what it would have been. Yeah. Because we hadn't figured that CGI out yet. Yeah. yeah. Um. It, it, but, so, but I don't. I, I and Spielberg even put in. I, I read in the um in the trivia the only reason why jetpacks are in there is because of it's like a, a childhood uh, fan favorite of his to have jetpacks in sci-fi movies and things like that. And yeah. I don't think it works in this movie. I think <laughs> we're already having to park our brains at the door that we have these three humans that we basically treat as cattle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so, all. So, I mean, like, it's like, like there's already human rights violations happening there, right? And then you have... Um, you know, you got your little flying Pez dispenser spaceship things and, and whatever, and you got these halos. It just, the jetpacks were too far, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, in terms of the fight scene with it and the, the chase scene with them, it just didn't work for me. It didn't yeah. look no. right. It didn't feel right. And it just looked silly to me. And there's a couple of moments in this movie where we go from... Serious to silly? Yeah, really quick. Really quick. I mean, it's like we're watching, like uh, at one point we're watching Munich, and all of a sudden we're watching Tin Tin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the uh, the eyeball scene. Yeah, the eyeball um, yeah. scene. I rolled my eyes at literally. Yeah. I thought, do we, <laughs> do we really like who would do that? No one would try to get their eyeballs out of a bag by 
like doing that. Like that's how you get the last bit of toothpaste out of your. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's not how you get. It's just so weird and gross yeah, and dumb. Totally agree. It was very yep. slapsticky and. I don't know. There, there's parts of the movie that do that. Like when the kid... It fell off. Yeah. yeah, the kid's in his room, and then the guy comes crashing in, and I, I don't know, just... You know what I... at the table, and yeah. And. You know what I felt was... I felt like Spielberg was still stuck, and maybe it wasn't him, but maybe cinematographers and, and, and other people associated with the film. I feel like they were kind of still stuck in the 90s. Yeah, you know, because and and in the '80s, because that kind of filmmaking and and that kind of slapstick was in a lot of earlier films. I mean, yeah, not, not all, but it was more acceptable, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the style of his directing now compared to this movie, I think you would see a very different director. Well, sure. I mean, anyone's going to change over the course of a career. I just or more consistent, maybe. Just like but, you know, even Jaws, right? Jaws was his first film, and it's a brilliant film. And there's moments of levity in the movie because if it's all horror all the time, you're going to just be depressed. So, yeah. so you have these little moments, but you know, it, it's never silly. Now they're kind of making fun of the locals a couple times, which is kind of funny. But like, yeah, I mean, this is Tom Cruise. This is the best cop in DC, and he's running around chasing eyeballs on the ground because he dropped them. And yeah, so now I will say this: the um, when he gets his eyeballs done, and the the sandwich oh. and the milk scene, that makes me almost throw up every time. I mean, it like it kicks in my yeah. gag reflex. That green milk, oh. Oh, uh, right. I've I've sipped bad milk before, and I can't imagine yeah. what green milk tastes like. But, but he he had to have smelled it. I mean, we've smelled bad milk too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He would have opened the refrigerator immediately and smelled it. I just yeah, and that's the same thing with the sandwich. I mean, it was a gag. It was oh, you're a, right. It was a gag. It was just we needed to torture Tom Cruise just a little more for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why. But, I mean, this is a serious movie. This is a movie about a son who gets kidnapped in broad daylight. Yeah. Which seems a little far-fetched, if you ask me. Freaky. But, yeah, especially what? since he was right there. Yeah. You know, it's it's one thing if it was it was a, uh, I don't know, a, you know, wait here for five minutes, I'll be back. Yeah. But, just... but I'm underwater holding my breath. And, and you're going to be gone when I come out of the water? Mm, no. And and no one noticed a kid. Like, why isn't he screaming? I mean, what do you? What needs to happen? I mean, I don't want to get too too, you know, um, triggery for if anyone's yeah. had to experience this. My my, I just I understand the point, the trigger in the movie. Right? We needed he needed that push point. I get the I get the plot device in the movie. It just seemed weird. That that's what happened in the movie. Yeah. If you want to have, yeah. if you want to have Tom Cruise and his kid at the pool, and something happens, and it has to be more than two seconds. I understand people say like, "Oh, I turned my head away for three seconds, and my kid was in the street." Uh, okay, but yeah. I, well, I, okay. and do, you know the if honest. You, on, go ahead. Andy. Well, I was just gonna say, if you put this in real life context, I've been to the pool with my kids many times. And there's been times where, you know, my youngest son will get water in his eyes and he'll want to go wipe his eyes with a towel. And I'm in the water. And there's tons of people at this pool. Mm -hmm. But even turning my back for two seconds, I, you know, there's so many people around and I, I just don't find this realistic. No. You know, I I don't know if maybe this is how it was written in the book and he wanted to stay true to the book. But I don't think this is I don't there's there's nothing that mentions this in the in the book, but anyway. I, I just feel like it's a little far fetched because even if you notice after two seconds that your kid is gone, what are you gonna do? You're gonna get up and you're gonna run around and find him. Yeah. And it's not like that's you know, there's no cars driving directly by. Uh, I don't know. 
I just, I didn't, I found that hard to believe. No, I'm right there with you too. And and the funny thing is, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I might have seen it on DVD when it came out um, initially, but it's been forever. And it's funny that some of the things that you remember and some of the things you forgot, and that whole storyline I had completely forgotten on this movie, completely forgotten. Yeah, me too. In fact, it, I was I was still flabbergasted after the um, hotel room scene. Because I thought it was over. And I had totally forgotten that there was still another 30, 45 minutes of the movie left of, you know, of repercussions from that. I, you know, it's that kind of thing that I guess he just kind of selective. Yeah, I'm going to assume that Sam's controller just turned off. Um, Did that, Sean, did that catch you? Off guard that uh, hotel room scene with, or did you kind of expect that? I it it. I remember. I'm trying to think. Obviously, the second. I mean, this being the the you know fourth or fifth time I've seen it, it didn't. I'm I'm trying to remember my my mindset 17 years ago, but I remember thinking, this isn't how things are. Like you wouldn't stumble in onto a room with. Hundreds of, you know what I'm saying? Like the orgy of evidence is what he recalled, you know, referred to it as. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't surprised at what actually, what actually happened. Um, what kind of annoyed me, though, is Tom Cruise goes to the hotel, right? And he's got the precog uh, Agatha there. Mm-hmm. And they're in the lobby, and he looks down at his watch, and he's got 10 minutes. And she's like, just leave. You don't have to go up there. He's like, I have to find out. I would just wait 10 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? Like, if I'm supposed to kill this guy in ten minutes, well, let's just change the scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's 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 yeah. no reason why I, I'm going to go up there. I want to find out why. I want to find out what's going on. So, yeah, you know, or or I don't know. Maybe the the hotel clerk that you just so belligerently um, um, brandished your weapon to intimidate. Maybe you say, "Hey, you got a lockbox? I'm going to put this weapon in this lockbox." So I can't yeah. possibly. I'm still a cop, right? I still have my training. I'm I'm still gonna be safe, right? Maybe I don't. Uh, th- there's there, there's so many ways. I know that the movie needs and and the and the the, what, the way the book happens uh, from from the trivia is that the um. It comes down to. Uh, the the cop is is shown um, him murdering someone. But basically, he, uh, the Tom Cruise character, is the Max Seidel character, in that he he realizes that he's supposed to kill someone. He solves the crime and realizes that if he doesn't kill this guy, then pre-crime goes away. But if he kills the guy, then he rots in hell with a halo. So hmm. he kills the guy because he yeah. believes in pre-crime. It's like uh, the movie Wanted, where. Angelina's Jolie character believed in the loom so much that she was willing to kill her team and herself. Spoiler. So, anyway. um, I don't know. Can you guys hear me, by the way? We can now. Okay, yeah, my my controller died on me. You you were in the middle of your sentence. We figured it's fine. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) Sorry. No, it's just become... It's like, remember when Chad used to have his robot voice, his Transformer voice? It's just like, oh, we're about 30 minutes into the show. Sam should click his yep. controller. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, I didn't like the pacing of the third act of this movie. Okay. Of the final. Um, between the time he, his wife, like, helps the guy dress for the, for the show or whatever it is, or yeah. the, the, the ceremony. Yeah. And then she realizes what happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then somehow has time to go all the way down to the prison to break him out and yeah, get to, him back. To point a gun at Buster Scruggs. Yeah. And be like, hey, I want to speak to my husband. Right? I, mm, mm, Which, okay, I, and also, you want to talk about more bad cop? This is the number one detective, right? This is your best cop, and he has now been accused of murder. And yeah. 
he has been convicted, right? He's been caught, captured, and convicted. At what point do you not send a, a memo to the admin in charge of security and say, you need to remove his eyes from the scanner? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that I mean, how, sleeping. How, how fast do you lose your keys when you, when you switch jobs, right? It's like literally the last day you're there, you turn them in, yeah. and that's, that's I have, that. I, I, I worked in a building that didn't have nearly the security issues that this police station had. And if I yeah. fired a kid within 30 minutes, their, their card access didn't work because it's like yep. four mouse clicks. So and you just wave your fingers. In every cop movie we've ever seen, literally everyone, at some point, hand in your badge, hand in your gun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, actually, this yeah, movie just didn't have that. This is the only trope where you didn't have the 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 police chief yelling at him. Well, that's because <laughs> the police chief was the bad guy. But mm-hmm. um, you're right; they didn't have the hand in your badge, hand in your gun bit. Um, I want some butts. I want some butts. Yep. There you go. So I don't know. Some of the stuff yeah. I liked on the movie, I th- I thought the fight scenes with the little compression gun chargey up things were kind of neat in yeah. the uh, in the automated car f- facility. Um, yes, I will say this: Holy John Williams, Batman! I had forgotten. I knew John Williams did the score. I had not for. I had forgotten how John Williamsy this movie is. <laughs> when they're when they're fighting in, it might as well have been. Remnants left over from Indiana Jones. It was yeah. I it, it and that I I hate to say and I love me some John Williams. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I thought it was a little lazy on his part. Yeah. And maybe not lazy, but maybe maybe he didn't have time to do it, or maybe he well, didn't he, have. And he didn't. He literally was coming right off of Attack Attack of the Clones, and okay. he got to production on this movie like three weeks late. Uh. So that well, then that makes more sense to yeah. me. Um, because it does feel used, like it. It's you know, it's it's like one of my pet peeves in movies is when they use other soundtracks oh. um, for the second time, right? Oh yeah. And I, I really, I had some Jurassic Park vibes in parts. I had some Indiana Jones. I just, it felt very recycled, which yeah. is strange for a big budget Spielberg movie. Yeah, I mean, it was it was still fun music. I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I still was just like. Yeah, we got a little fight scene in a in a an assembly line. I think I just saw this in another Star Wars movie recently. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I do like the idea. I mean, it's so it's it's dumb. Uh, let's just be honest. It's dumb, the idea that Tom somehow survives the construction of the car, that also just happens to have the keys in it and is able to just drive off the lot. <laughs> I mean. So even if it's battery, Wait, what that, that does that's not how Ford does theirs. I, I mean, like is is at is at the at the end of the assembly line. Is there someone there, just waiting to just drive it somewhere? I just kind of a valet. It just. I think that's how Tesla. I think that's how Tesla works. By the way, we have a friend of the show that could tell us that because she worked. Yeah, there. maybe maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So anyway. I. That, but this kind of factory would, it, for some reason, I envisioned Tesla working like this one. Uh, it's, it was so, fine. It, yeah. it, was, it, it didn't really bother me all that much. It was fine. No. Um, of all the things in the movie that did kind of annoy me, that one was the least egregious, I think. <laughs> um, uh, I, I did write um, uh, that dude just stands out in front of the house. Like, that's... Creepy. Um, it's not just creepy. I mean, if you're gonna be a cheating guy, you need to be better at your job. I'm just saying, like, don't don't <laughs> suck at your job because you almost died. Yeah. Um, did they really have to crash through the skylight? I mean, good lord, it was like they were invading a you know an enemy stronghold, not just like <laughs> this lady's bedroom. Um, I felt so. So here's here's. Can I ask a big question? Yeah, please. You have the ability to pre-see crime, right? Or at least murder yeah, uh, yeah. On the, by the precogs. Yeah. Why don't you just arrest the person and hold them until the time is expired and then let them go? If they're going to do it again, they're going to get caught again by the precogs. I'm confused. You mean... so? What's you're the s- point of the jail? Yeah, I'm with you. Because if they can see it every time, then... 
Yeah. So you're saying don't jail them because they were going to do it. Just stop them from doing that, and then you just let them go? Yeah, let them go but, afterwards. I guess the and, idea, and the and the precogs would see it again if they would try again. I guess the idea would be that now that there's a person who's walking the streets that tried to kill you, and you know that, mm-hmm. and even though you know that there's these three people hanging out in milk water that are there to keep you safe, like <laughs> what does that? You know what I'm saying like, are, are there now thousands mm-hmm. of people wandering around DC terrified? My bigger Maybe. question is, how does this go national? Are the precogs going to get hooked up to a bigger antenna? Poor precogs. I've, I've got a bigger question than that. Oh, okay. These precogs are not immortal. Yeah. So uh, what happens when one dies? Right. Or when they all die? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... So there's a lot of, qu- of unanswered questions that... that it, it, you know, obviously, they can't just have a uh, narrative in the movie to you know to, to totally explain everything. But there's a lot of questions that kind of poke holes that are pretty poignant holes in this thing. Yeah, and I think maybe that's okay. You know, because it's obviously a flawed system, and I think the movie mm-hmm. is supposed to show us that. I think the movie is supposed to show us that, even in our best intentions, the best way to stop crime is just to stop it after it happens and you know try to have strong enough deterrence and be vigilant and all those all those types of things yeah um, so yeah i don't it's know inter- yeah, it's interesting yeah i'm still, still not quite sure how even in the movie though the movie's like we're gonna go national like how i mean is is a precog now gonna be detecting murders in florida and denver and charlotte like they're gonna be just constantly looking at murders all day, you know, what and I'm they're saying? already having hard enough time with it, apparently. Yeah, just in the DC area. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it would be like. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the marketing idea of using your name in the ad would be maddening. You know, you walk in, and that's what Facebook does now. But mm-hmm. but imagine literally a voice saying, "Hello, Mister Vector, welcome back. Would you like to buy a nice uh, another pair of denim jeans?" You're like. Oh my God, stop using my name. Go away. What happens That's... if you walk in the store with multiple people? Well, I guess well, at the same time. Well, he, he was in this movie too, if you notice that. I mean, yeah, and... it, was, it was constant. It was a constant noise. Mr. Yep. Mr. Anderton, Mr. Anderton, oh, don't you know that? Oh, try a thing. Oh, buy a thing. Go on a trip. Like, it was constant. Just, oh my gosh. Uh, sensory overload. Mm-hmm. Uh... Uh, yeah, I did write. I'm cool with precogs, but jetpacks? Question mark. I wrote that. Um, <laughs> and six sticks, right? Yeah, puke sticks. Yeah, the green milk makes me gag. Uh, how does someone take a kid? Oh, I wrote that. Spider AI is pretty good. Those things were kind of cool. Yeah. You know, to be able to figure out how to get through a door and and to know that the little bubble of air meant that someone was hiding in the tub. And to shock the tub. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Poor Danny. I felt bad for Danny. Why do the cops in this movie... Oh, so this is another trope. So, like, a cop has an idea. And he thinks that there's another cop that's dirty. So he takes that singular cop to an isolated place to show him the evidence. They're going to get killed. You know they're going to get killed. It just doesn't make sense. Because either Danny sucks at his job and only figured out while he was saying it out loud that someone high enough enough in the chain of command in order to fake the minority report or the, the to fake the uh, the vision or mm-hmm. he knew it was him the whole time but what was his plan I, I just don't get it I don't understand the point other than just to give the police an excuse to to pin a murder another murder on Tom Cruise it just seemed dumb for a guy who had been really smart the whole movie, it was really dumb. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, also, they, uh, the, the reason why they, uh, they mentioned him in the movie that his dad was from Ireland is because Spielberg didn't think that he could quite get over his Irish accent, so they just dropped in that he was Irish. 
the the other trope where a person the bad guy gives away something because he said a thing that they shouldn't have known that that happens all the time in movies I don't remember mm-hmm. saying she drowned Mr. Thing you know that that happens all the time uh, that's bad police work that woman that poor woman was just harassed by a guy the police show up right they save her and then they just leave her you know like <laughs> is there not someone there to take her statement or to give her a blanket or something you know like yeah, let's. It just <laughs> that's bad cop work. There's a lot of bad cop work in this movie. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, and then the hero has a problem. Of course, that's a trope too. Yeah, the drugs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right, you ready for some more uh, for clips? Yeah, sure. Let's play some clips. I already played the one about the ball, just because I felt kind of obligated to play that one. I actually didn't yeah. capture. I'll be honest with you, it, it, it kind of hurts to sit in this chair for very long, so I didn't capture many yeah. clips. But um, So I didn't capture the one in the movie where he screams, do I have a minority report? I should have, but I just... <laughs> I didn't. So Yeah, and then he ended up not having one, right? Yeah, that was kind of the big crux is that he didn't. Though that lady, in the, the plant lady was creeping me out a little bit, but anyway. Yes, she was. I think it was the ethereal look of that whole scene where it was like, is this heaven type of... Look, yeah, right? That's another well, thing that really bothered me. Have we, like, genetically engineered plants so so much by this point in the future that they are basically animals? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah that it can creepy. defend itself and attack and use, yeah. Yeah, somehow we've done that. Um, there's a last thing I wanted to bring up before I actually play clips I forgot to do, sorry. Um is that there is a prevailing theory, I guess you want to call it that, that after Anderton is um, is haloed, the yeah. rest of the movie is his halo experience. He never, oh, interesting. He never actually is ever woken up. He is, huh. in fact, the bad guy. And that, that's what his brain does. Because the guy says that people dream. Yeah. When they're in there, and that's what his dream is to kind of come to the 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 idea that yeah okay this is how it's going to be and this is how I can live with it this is how I'm going to accept the matrix and I'm not going to fight it and I'm going to be happy because the bad guy dies and I'm right and <laughs> I get back with my wife and we have another kid um you know things like that so there's a there's actually a prevailing theory that. When he after he gets haloed, he never gets out. And I, I like it actually. I, I, I like that too, idea. Honestly. All right, here we go. Clip number technically number two. This made me laugh. Oh, by the way, again, this is the grossest movie we've seen in a long time. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Like saw the, the eye, the eye horror, the eye. There was pain there was stuff. some hot, just, yeah eye gore was happening. Oh. And I mean, just it's not just the fact that Satan has a cold. He has the worst cold in the history of mankind. I mean, he has a Satan cold, I guess. And yeah. and and no one sneezes like that. No one would sneeze and then just blow their snot onto the floor. Not right? in the house. It just. But again, this is also a house that had just rats running around it. I mean, these these, these stacks of apartments just had rats everywhere. Like, either you were in super sterile, clean the light reflected off the floor or you were in literal garbage. Uh-huh. It just, there was no medium in this world. It seems strange. Okay, here we go. Uh, don't worry. You see, I could cut open your chest and sew a dead cat in there. You would never get an infection. Not with the spectrum of antibodies. I'll be shooting into you. That's comforting. Yeah. I just... <laughs> well, that whole scene, I love that scene, by oh, the way. Yeah. I thought that was very well done, yeah. where uh, it certainly put the dread in you of, holy crap, I, I would not want to be in that situation. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I captured this one because it kind of made me laugh, but it also kind of annoyed me at the same time. So early in the movie, when Anderton is reviewing his own footage, and Wally is the only one that kind of knows what's going on, and he says, I like you, Cat. I like you, Chief. You've always been nice to me, so I'm going to give you two minutes. Right? So we've already we've established that 
the chief and Wally have a relationship. They're not going to be mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's yeah. a relationship. And then later in the movie, you have this. Who are you? I like you, Wally. So I don't want to have to kick you or hit you with anything hard. But only if you promise to help me. Oh, hi, John. That doesn't, I, that seems disingenuous. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that helped you earlier in the movie. Why are you going to threaten him? Just say, hey, mm-hmm. man, it's me. I need another favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems really, like, in, for whatever reason, every other time I've watched it, I just, I laughed at the moment. But this time I'm like, that kind of annoyed me. Like, don't be a dick, John. This guy helped you earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because your face is all screwed up and you got different eyes doesn't mean that you got to be a dick. It wasn't a real good disguise, though. Well, it's still, yeah. Um, it wasn't uh, Mission Impossible good. No. no, absolutely. This part did make me laugh out loud, though. Wow. She works. Slow it down. How do I slow this down? I should hit her on the head. <laughs> that part made me laugh. Uh, all right, there you go. That's it. That's all the yeah. clips. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Uh, when John Anderton, which is still a dumb name, by the way, visits the jail, the retina scanner that scans his eye makes a confirmation sound that years later, Apple would use as the charging sound. Did, <laughs> did you guys notice that? What's that? Did you guys notice that? No, did you did you get it? Did I you? didn't. I didn't capture it. I I could oh. probably find it, but um, I thought I, about going back to to listen to it because I've I read that too. But. When I when I when I heard it in the movie, I immediately recognized it because I looked at my phone to think, oh, did did my phone just now start charging? Because I put it on the charger like an hour ago. <laughs> um, according, cool. I I like this stuff again. I'm a sound guy, so. If this stuff bores you, read your own trivia. According to sound designer <laughs> Gary Ridstrom, Ridstrom, the sounds for the maglev car systems were made from sounds of his own washing machine. Nice. I think that's cool. Uh, in an interview, Steven Spielberg admitted that the jetpacks were not likely ever to come to fruition, but he included the technology as a tribute to the science fiction that he grew up with. That was a bad call, sir. <laughs> Um, and in the scene where John kidnaps Agatha Danny asks how much time do we have asking how much does we have until John commits the murder a pre-crime cop says 51 minutes 30 seconds this is exactly how much time remains until the end of the movie nice I think that's kind of cool I like stuff yeah that's cool so alright here we go Excuse me while I whip this out. So we, we kind of talked about this one for a little while, about what would we do for a top three for this kind of movie. We've already done Tom Cruise movies. We've done kind of precogs as a, as a plot device. Um, but what this movie does have is a lot of really interesting future tech, which some of it I think is, is real and some of it isn't, you know, like retinal scanning and, um, you know, waving your hand to make things happen and... and uh, mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. So some of that stuff actually is kind of real. So we decided to do kind of a top three um, future tech in movies that we thought is kind of cool or maybe we want to have happen or or something like that. And uh, and we kept it fairly close to, yeah, you know, like not, not, not Star Trek, know. not Star Wars, things like that. You know, not Battlestar Galactica, yeah. things like that. But things that are fairly... Just recent near future. So, Andrew, what you got? Okay. Well, before we before I get there, I do have to say something else that bothered me, and I forgot about it until just now. Oh, sure, no problem. And it's not just this movie, but lots of movies lately. And I don't know if this is a thing or if it's gonna happen. I I hope not. But I keep seeing all these things with clear, just as piece of glass is the computer screen. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or just the computer, you know, the image projected into the sky like a hologram. I, I don't think that's ever going to be practical. Yeah. Because looking into a piece of glass, you know, unless it's some sort of solid background, your image is going to get distorted by whatever's behind it. Yeah. And yeah. I just it's annoying. don't ever see it. And, and, and it's in movies all over. It's in Avengers. It's in... Uh, you know, every Star Wars film, it's in it's in a lot of futuristic movies. But 
I just don't ever see that actually I, being a thing. Maybe I, it will. Maybe it is now. I don't know. But. I, I get the hologram aspect of things to a point, but more to your point in this movie specifically, like his work desk is just a big sheet of plexiglass that's curved that that you could see through. And you're right. Like everything behind it would be a distraction. Um unless 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 it was like some sort of white room that you're in or or a, a monochrome room where you were doing 3D you know kind of manipulating it that way. Yeah. I would say. I, I, yeah, I guess, but even but but Sam you had to come up with a very specific situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm yeah. 100% with Andrew. I never want to have to have my computer when I open up my laptop to just be a flat piece of glass that I can see through. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not practical. It's not. And, and um, you know, there was a TV show that did that. I want to say maybe it was Bones or uh, Criminal Minds or some TV show a while back that had a clear uh, whiteboard marker or a marker. It wasn't whiteboard. I guess it was just a clear marker board. Yeah. A lot of TV shows do that because you can then see through so you can still see the actors while they're drawing. I get the the reason for it for like TV, but you're right. The practicality isn't very isn't there. It just looks cool. Um, mm. There's a great scene in the movie The Accountant where Ben Affleck has written all over this cube, this this office space that's nothing but plexiglass walls. That's that it's that you know semi clear mm-hmm. wall. And when you walk in there, it's like it's everywhere because he's and he's like drawing everywhere because he, he's trying to figure out the math, and it's kind of cool because you could see him writing through it. So, but back to your point, Andrew, I, I'm with you. Remember that um, that Paycheck movie, not Payback, but Paycheck, Are where like sure? like where they had the, uh, the 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 girl as the hologram and they take the display away. Like what's mm-hmm. like what was the point of that? Just to talk to a hologram girl. Yeah, it made sense. So anyway, yeah. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to derail us there. No, just... no, it's fine. That's a good derailing because that's 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 future tech that sucks, and for some reason people think it's cool. I yeah. don't want to be able to hold up my flash drive and to see what's on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, just by holding oh, yeah. it up to the light, like a film cell. I don't want that. That seems lame. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, so for future tech that I do like, and I do hope to see one day. And I would love to use. I have uh, the hoverboard from Back to the Future 2. That's cool. <laughs> yep. Um, which there are hoverboards technically now. They're called hoverboards that don't actually hover that I'm sure I would break my face on. Yeah. Um, and then uh, number two, I have the active camouflage from Predator. Oh, yeah, oh that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be awesome. And I think okay. that they're actually, you know, I've seen some Discovery Channel specials on on how this is actually being being looked into and is close to actually happening. Yeah, bending the light between. The, yeah, I've saw that too, where yeah. a camera on one side projects image of the other. Yeah, it's right. pretty cool. And then my number one, I think the coolest tech that I could possibly ever have would be the neuralizer from Men in Black. Yeah, <laughs> because there are so many times that I could just punch somebody in the face and just pretend that never happened. Yeah, and they're like, "Wow, I have a headache. I don't know what happened." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie Click with uh, Adam Sandler? Yes. Um, he does that with his boss, is David Hasselhoff, and he pauses him and he punches him. And oh then, yeah. And then like farts <laughs> on his face, whatever, and then he, he is playing, else he goes. Wow, I have a major headache, and my mouth <laughs> smells like fart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it actually hurts to laugh right now. So, um, go ahead, Sam. All right. Um, well, I've got an honorable mention, and I had to actually look this up for the year, um, but it fits in our hundred years, and that's the Ender Ender's Game laser tag in space. Okay. How much fun would that be? Yeah. It would be freaking amazing. Yeah. I I actually have Iron Man's computer interface. Just Jarvis? And not only, what's that? Jarvis? 
Jarvis. Yeah. yeah. Just the constant companion and snarky and has a, a personality. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, my number two is the inter, uh, Inception Dream interface. Okay, sure. Would be heck of a lot of fun to have. Yeah. And my number one would be the Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park DNA sequencer. Dinosaurs and stuff, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, I'm with you there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I got so I got nothing to argue about that. Um I struggled with this one, but I'm just struggling in general. You're, yeah. Um like all of those sound way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so like my honorable mention was uh, I actually did also Ender's Game, but not oh, okay. the laser tag, just the um, the idea of drone warfare at that level. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, like the idea that our, our wars are now measured in in losses of units as opposed to people. I thought there were people in those units, though. Well, yeah, they are. They kind of are. Uh, some of them are drones. Like, the, the carriers are people flying them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the kids in the room are, are giving the commands to the carriers, but the ships flying them are drones. Um, okay, yeah. In the... Um, uh, what's the guy what wrote Ready Player One? Um, uh, Klein? Yeah. He wrote another book called um, Armada. Which is basically the same idea that um, we in the future will fight wars with drones instead of. Mm-hmm. He said that's the problem with Star Wars is that you every time you you lose a ship you lose a pilot, you know mm-hmm. they sh- they should just use drones. Um, they did for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They do droids. Yeah. So anyway, so my so that was my honorable mention. My number three, excuse me, is uh, Baymax from Big Hero Six. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Just the idea of a an actual, not the Ooh, superhero what? part, just the personal healthcare companion. Like, dude, dude though, the, the microbots, I would totally do the microbots from there, too. Yeah, the microbots, that technology is insane. Yeah. You know, that you can just think a thing and a thing can happen. I'm just, I'm literally going way on more of, hey, you're a government employee, here's your Baymax. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is literally now what your your healthcare looks like. Is here's your own Baymax, you know. <laughs> that's where I think that'd be cool, right? Uh, number two is just the idea of the um, like the self driving car from like this movie or iRobot or mm-hmm. just those type of cars just seem really cool to me. Especially like Tesla this, is so close. They so are close to that, and and this movie shows you a risk with that, which was. Oh, they know his car, so they can just recall it. They just yeah. hit a couple of mouse clicks, and all of a sudden, that thing is on its way back to the police station. So that's actually... But here's... Okay, but here gets into my another complaint. If he is a, a wanted criminal, right? At this point, he is wanted for murder. Why mm-hmm. isn't that car going 1,000 miles an hour? Why isn't every other car moving out of the way so that car can get there at, at top speed? There's mm-hmm. no reason why that car should just still be going with the speed. And other cars are passing it. Like, who else is in their car saying, you must go faster than those other cars? Because I'm mm-hmm. in more of a hurry. That seemed, uh, whatever. It was, it was still a cool car chase, jumping off cars and things. Um, my number one, though, Future Tech, is just literally Ready Player One. <laughs> the world. The Oasis. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh, the movie read is the fine. Book first. The movie is read fine. Yeah, actually, I think you should read the. I think you should watch the movie first. You think so? Yeah, watch the movie, because then you'll you'll he'll like the nostalgia of the movie, and then when he reads the book, he'll go, "Oh, now I see where they were going." Mm-hmm. You know okay. what I'm saying? I, I think yeah. I think okay. that's a, that's one where you can do it the other way. Because I think if you watch, if you read the book and you're like, and if you really like the book like Sam and I did, and then you watch the movie, you're kind of like, eh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, was, you're, yeah. It's a fun movie, but it's a little. It, it, it's not a little. It's a lot of homage to Spielberg. I mean, it's a love letter to himself, and yeah. to his and to his friends. 
because um, you know because the Shining and Zemeckis and and some other guys. So anyway, that's cool. That's it. That's that's that part. This is the part of the show now where I come over here with my mouse and I click on this thing. Wait, what's supposed to happen? And this is where you guys give me a score for this movie out of ten. One to ten. Oh crap! I just broke something. <laughs> There we go. Andrew. So had this been, you know, 17 years ago when I saw it in the theaters, it would have been a little bit higher. Uh, But looking at it through today's eyes and with what's going on in the world around us and and looking at a few things that I didn't feel like held up too well uh, and the (laughs) jetpacks. I I think that I'm going to have to drop this somewhere around let's say 6.78 okay yeah I just figured out yep. by the way what the name of the episode is going to be and the uh, jetpacks and the jetpacks yeah and the jetpacks yeah <laughs> that's about right yeah <laughs> so, uh, so yeah I, I kind of have to agree um, with, with Andrew in fact I was I was contemplating pretty much the same number. Um, it's a fun two thirds of a movie, but it just gets kind of wild storytelling wise towards the end. Um, and those jetpacks are really bad are really bad. And, and the silly moments just didn't seem to fit. So I'm going to give it a 6.58 out of 10. Okay. The, the one thing I didn't say, and I should have, there's a, there's one moment in the movie that was my absolute favorite. And it's when they're escaping through the mall, and he's got the precog, and it's don't go home. The balloons. He knows. Wait for the balloon. He sees oh. you. Like she's seeing everything fifteen seconds before it's about to happen, right? Yeah. And I love that. Grab the umbrella, and then when they get outside and it's raining, like I I liked that. That was probably my favorite part. Um, we never really did explore about why there's so much water in this movie, and if it actually is a metaphor or just Spielberg just wanted a lot of water. Um, cause it's, Maybe he was thirsty. it's always raining. I mean, it's always raining. Um, except like the one time at the cabin, um, everything happens that matters happens in water. It's, it's very strange. So anyway, uh, I'm going to give this movie a 6.56. Oh wow. Oh wow. We were all about the same. Yeah. We're all about the same. Uh, actually no, I'm no, not. Oops. I'm going to give it a 6.55. <laughs> oh, oh, it's to make the math a little better. Yeah. Um, thank you. I thought it was fine. It's not great. It's not bad. It's fine. Yep. Um, I think we liked IMDb liked it a little bit better than we did, and that's okay. Yeah. So, all right. So next week, so a while ago, I I I, I teased the idea of doing a month of sports type movies uh, for the yes. month of September. And frankly, I struggled to find a month's worth of sports movies on our two streaming services that were in the same category. Because people that voted on Twitter wanted baseball, and people that voted on Facebook wanted football. So so I decided that I'm going to... I mean, this is a new idea that we, we chose, and so I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I have... The, the leverage to do kind of whatever I want with it anyway. So I'm going to do a baseball movie and a football movie. <laughs> and I have already picked those movies because I wanted to, to pick those two movies. So next week we are going to do 42, which is the... Okay, uh, the, the, the Jackie Chan story. Jackie Robinson. Robinson let's, story. Let's make sure we get some of these names right, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> And then the week after that will be necessary roughness. Okay. Yeah. So that's. Oh, that's, by the way, yeah. you know how you know how we always do um, icebreakers in classes in the first day. Oh, sure. I I had a student say that his uh, very first or his his favorite TV show mm-hmm. was uh, uh, a psych. Really? I said I know somebody else who really likes that show. He goes, "Have you seen?" It? I said, "No." So are you kidding me? So, yep. That's great. You should have been like. Yep, it's the greatest show ever. <sighs> um, okay, so next week we're doing forty-two. Um, forty-two. So then, so we're just doing those two movies, and then we got a few more movies that we're doing for the rest of September. 
And then we're going to to um, uh, Jamaica. Then we then we get into October. And yes. Netflix Netflix has some actually pretty good looking horror films in their own list. Uh, like a, a Silent Place looks kind of interesting. Um, so well, isn't there a Quiet Place on Amazon or I th- I Netflix? Think, I think it's on Amazon. I don't know. I didn't look on the yes. Amazon's horror section. Um, so please, if you want us to do horror films, this is your chance. If you want us to scream and know. squirm and be uncomfortable. This is this is your best and, opportunity, and we are desperately looking for the next uh, Bill and Tucker's Wild Ride or um, the Ghostbusters uh, of the the Des Moines, Iowa. Um, yes, what, of, what are those we talk about? All of those things are true. What he just said. Yeah, uh, we're always looking for the next thing. So yeah. please, um, we'll 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 give you some options. Maybe we'll we'll do a thing again on the website or on Facebook um, if we don't have people sending in suggestions. But please send in your suggestions. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, email doesn't matter. Um, however you want to do it, whatever you want to do it, it doesn't matter. Just uh, we want to uh, we want to do stuff that you would want us to 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 you yeah. want to hear. And frankly, I'm sure there's probably a little bit of you that wants us to squirm a little bit at some movies because. Because I had issues with Bird Box, and um, that's, that movie still gives me pause for some reason. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, so it does. Anyway, that's our show. Thank you for listening. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Cheap Seat Cast. Please send us your emails to Cheap Seat Reviews at gmail.com. And uh, that's going to do it. So on behalf of Andrew yeah. and Sam, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.